We Speak English Good has expanded to WSEG TV only on Twitch. Every Monday at 1 p.m. and Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will be going live and direct with guests. I have live looping, improvised music stuff and games prizes and more go to twitch.tv slash we speak english good and tune in also go to modedstudios.com m-o-d-e-d-s-t-u-d-i-o-s.com check out the latest and greatest from this fully embroidered patches and apparel online store actually the latest one is my favorite which is a maga hat with blm spray painted graffitied over it you gotta go check it out it's amazing i put it up on my facebook these hats are selling like hot cakes go check it out for yourself modedstudios.com now on with the show
is Rover with their latest war a cultural exorcism. I dropped a link in the show notes, so please go show your support to friends of the show, Rover, R-O-V-R. Get yourself some. Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is Steve Grumbine and Jab Morris. Steve and Jab are both from realprogressives.org. Go click on the links in the show notes, please. And Steve has his own podcast called Macro and Cheese, and it's all about MMT or Modern Monetary Theory. So we're kind of diverting from uh, from the music talk, which when I talk to musicians, we barely talk about music anymore, I guess. But uh, we uh, we're going to take a step aside and we're going to talk about social social things. And, and I really, really dig this idea of modern monetary theory. And I didn't really have a full picture of it. And Steve came on and helped sort of paint this picture. So Jab comes into the comes into play because he happened to be in chat and halfway through this interview steve's internet cuts out on him so he he has to leave the podcast forcibly just because of circumstance and jab just happened to be there who's a part of the real uh, realprogressives.org he volunteered to come on and sort of finish the conversation so that's so when when we get to that part i'll kind of pop in and let you know it's like here's where steve stuff broke and now jab here we go you know i'll, I'll do that so you guys kind of it's not so confusing because it is in the middle of a thought and uh, and in the middle of a uh, of a conversation so uh just so you know that's what happens but i am so grateful that steve came on and and he he did it <laughs> he did it with his kids running around which um that's what we're all facing right now right working from home <laughs> we run the possibility of our children just running in on us and, and and making a ruckus and it's it's fine i find it so endearing um i was just watching an interview with glenn greenwald who was the reporter who broke the snowden the edward snowden case and he's a fucking i think he's a pulitzer uh, pulitzer prize winner and i i believe his kids were just running around uh, like wild banshees while he was giving an interview on the hill i just thought that was so hilarious that you know this prominent uh, um this very prominent reporter who who's award-winning and who did paradigm shifting work you know like he he, he shifted our entire paradigm of, of the american culture and so yeah he had this huge cultural impact which sadly it wasn't impactful enough but this amazing reporter still has the same problems as all of us other people uh who are just trying to get by there our kids are running around in the background screaming like wild animals and hey you know let the kids play anyways steve is coming up soon but first go check out rain mystique r-e-i-n-a-m-y-s-t-i-q-u-e.com and check out what this lady is doing she is streaming on twitch which is twitch.tv slash rain mystique she streams tuesdays thursdays uh 
8 a.m. and Saturdays and Sundays, 8 or 9 p.m. And that's all Eastern Standard Time. Go follow her and go check her out. She'll have that. I'm really excited. We're working with my buddy, AK, who's been on the show. Um, He's uh, with Roots Covenant, and he plays with the original Wailers. And uh, he's just a fantastic talent, and he's working on a new song for Reyna. And I can't wait to share with you guys. It's a reggae song. It is, oh my God. You you guys, it's going to fuck you guys. It's going to fuck your day up. You're just going to be fucked. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, so go check out Rain of Mystique. Go check out WeSpeakEnglishGood.com. Uh, go and follow us. Uh, go, go like, subscribe, and, fo- uh, and, and review. Like, subscribe, review. Oh, my God. I have to say that over and over again just so I can get it right. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Discord, anywhere. On everywhere. All the socials. Uh, Twitter. <laughs> You can subscribe, subscribe on Apple iTunes. You can subscribe on YouTube, which has our has the video version of the interviews and also has music tutorials and all kinds of silly shit. So go subscribe on YouTube and also you can subscribe. Uh, you can also subscribe on Twitch, which is uh, going to cost a few bucks, but you get awesome content that you're not going to get here. We just had an amazing election special which you can go see the VODs if you'd like. Um, there is content on Twitch that will never make it here. So please do go. Hey, you don't have to subscribe. You don't have to pay any money to hang out. You just create a username. And, and, and it's so cool, man, because we're literally, you become part of the conversation. So if you really like this podcast and you really like how it works and you like how it's sort of shifted into this Twitch world, come be a part of it come come experience content that you will never ever ever hear here and uh here here <laughs> anyways yeah so that that's my strong pitch there to go subscribe on twitch or go hang out on twitch i just want to i i just love to hear from you guys it, it's a i feel like it's a different it's a completely different audience from what twitch is you guys and the twitch audience and i would love for you guys to come together and and make sweet love sweet podcasting love anyways that's ridiculous uh, <laughs> finally and i feel like this is the most important part is go leave a review if if you really do like this podcast I, i'm not asking for money i'm not you know I, I, you already give your time which is the most precious resource that we have so uh, please please go leave a review uh uh, um, and and it, what it does is it helps us be found. Oh God, I still don't have a good way of saying this. It helps us. It helps the algorithm push us to the top so people know things about us. You know, I don't. It's it's weird. But the reviews help, even if it's a couple stars or whatever. Any review helps, and uh, written reviews are the best and most coveted. And plus, I'll read them on air if you like. If not, whatever. You can tell me. <laughs> Make sure you make sure you put that in the review. Also, Mike EP, please do not read this on air. Asshole. <laughs> okay, so please, please. That that that's just the nicest. And here's the thing: it's a kind of a pain in the ass to leave a review. So it, it, that's why it's that's why it's such a such a beautiful thing when reviews do pop up because I know that's a pain in the ass. You gotta log into iTunes. You gotta 
figure it out. It's it's insanity. It's insanity. They should make it much easier to rate and, and review shit on iTunes and Spotify and stuff. <clears throat> anyways okay that's that's everything out of me um our next podcast we're going to release another podcast this week on friday so that will be wake the beast who is a twitch streamer who i absolutely just i i love him i don't agree with some of the things that he says but i just love to hear his voice i love I love just his his social commentary. Uh, whether you agree with him or not, he he's a great salesman <laughs> on his ideas. So, uh, wake the beast is this Friday, so be prepared. Also on Twitch, we have uh, D Rock. Oh my gosh, what's his name? Um, I'm I'm so horrible at this. He is from LaFace Records. He's worked with TLC. He's worked with Babyface. He's worked with. Um, He's worked with uh, uh, um, uh, who's oh Outcast. Uh, let me just make sure. D Rock Bowman. So D Rock Bowman will be on the podcast. Or I'm sorry, on the Twitch stream this Friday. So on the podcast, the release on this on this feed right here, Wake the Beast. But on my Twitch stream, we're gonna have D Rock Bowman at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So two cool shows coming up this Friday. Please do drop in on the Twitch. Please do go and, and please do listen to the Wake the Beast conversation because it's pretty amazing. <laughs> so that'll be Friday. So we'll, we'll get there then. Okay, guys, enough out of me. Let's jump on over to Steve Grumbine. And then in the middle of the thing, I'll pop in and tell you that Jeb Morris is popping on. So, okay, guys, I'll see you on the other side. Grumbine, everybody, give him a round. Yeah, <laughs> they're clapping for you, Steve. They're clapping for Ooh. you. Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh, Adam, you can confirm that those CBD joints are good. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad that you really that you that you really liked them and that you received them. You received those joints because I was really afraid. Sorry, Steve. I'm <laughs> Steve. Uh, but I'm really glad they made it to you because uh, I just put one of those international stamps on there and just sent that shit on its way. Like, I hope it makes it there. Jeb Morris, thank you so much for that melodica. Steve Grumbine, thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Now, I, I, this, is, um, this is generally a music podcast. Um, we can talk some music. <laughs> well, but but you're also a metal fan, right? Yes, yeah. I'm a big metal fan. I, and 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 we share some of that that love for metal. I, I I'm not sure how f- far into it that we can go into it, but uh, I mean I, I, I'm pretty a, far. <laughs> I'm a big well, I'm a big believer in Metallica, old Metallica before the Black Album. I'm a big believer in Megadeth. I'm a big believer in Pantera. I mean, I'll even throw Corn in there. All right, and. and, and I'm not gonna say Limp Biscuit. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> say Limp Biscuit, but but uh, 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 let's see who else. Six Feet Under. I was into for a little bit. Um, some of the Swedish metal stuff. The guys who were like eating each other. I was into that for uh-huh. a little bit. That black metal <laughs> shit. Uh, so I, I I'm, a, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a fan. It's been a while. I've kind of grown not out of it, yeah. but sort of past that. You know what hey, is going man. on? Why is that in your face? Okay, there we go. <laughs> Uh, anyways, yeah, so, uh, hi, Rosie. Hey, Rosie. Who's Rosie? I don't know who Rosie is. Oh, Rosie. Hey, what's up, Roseanne? 
Roseanne. We're just calling you Roseanne. Listening and watching from Boulder City, Nevada. Thank you very much, Rosie. I appreciate it. New to this platform. Great. Hey, there's Charizard Carpenter. Hey, there he is, Steve. So I wanted to tell you about... Um, I wanted to tell you why I asked you on is because he's actually in chat right now, which is awesome. Uh, my brother-in-law, who, who, who's, our, our political standings are a bit different, and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, but but it's great because he's a good. He's he's good to talk to and bounce ideas off of, especially because he's not. He doesn't think like I do. You know what I mean? Like I, sure. I, I don't. I. I generally, I, I mean, obviously you talk to the people, you make your own echo chambers, but I generally try to, hey, lovely, thanks for stopping through. Uh, the I generally try to reach outside of my bubble. So he's a great example of that. And, um, and he told me about your podcast, Macro and Cheese, which you guys should definitely go check out. It's a fucking awesome podcast. Um, and it's not just about MMT. They talk about a variety of things, but... Um, I, I guess, I guess you know, it, it, because of this pandemic and because of all the shit that's been going on lately, uh, I've been really, really getting into the, the economics of this country and how that works. And I've always been into politics and I've always been paying attention, but obviously because of, you know, circumstances, it's kind of, uh, I've, I've really started to focus in on it. And so my brother-in-law told me about MMT and this theory. And, and I don't think he actually believes in it as well, you know, but, but he likes your podcast and he told me about it and, and he likes your ideas and he's not a closed minded person, which is important as well. When you're talking to people outside your bubble is like, you're not talking to a closed minded person. So it was it was it, it was cool that he sort of um, oh Raina I put the command uh, it's it's exclamation point S G and that will bring up his uh, his uh, at uh, what the hell is it his his thing his website <laughs> <laughs> Steve so why don't we start like this what in the fuck is MMT how about we start like that. All right. So, you know, it, it, that's that's a great question. You know, I, I, I used to be a Ron Paul guy and, um, you know, it was all about end the Fed and gold standard and this and gold standard that. And, um, you know, the the first great financial crisis swept through and um, I lost a 17 year career. Couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. Thought I was going to lose my home, lost my family, just about lost everything that mattered to me. And I was like, what is going on? What the hell is this? Wow. And there were people in there that were dropping knowledge on me. And I wasn't fully up to it. I wasn't quite there, but I had an MBA. So I had a lot of training. So I was also full of shit, too, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and so as I'm listening to these people talk to me, little by little by little shit's making sense to me and really what it is is mmt is not something to believe in or not believe in mmt is kind of like a lens it's a it's a description of the way federal finance works or more importantly at a larger level it's it's a description of the way currency works in general and since most uh countries operate from a uh, fiat currency that would be the UK, Russia, China, Japan, Australia, Canada, the United States. All these groups have a uh, free-floating fiat currency. And, and all the textbooks were written prior to the United States going off the gold standard. So almost everything you've learned in economics is based on gold standard thinking. 
So what MMT does, it says, okay, I hear what you're saying up till 1972, 1971, when Nixon took us off the Bretton Woods Accord. But what happened from that point forward, right? A lot of bad things, quite frankly. And, and so people draw wrong conclusions. But what it does is it describes that a sovereign, meaning that the country is its owner, free-floating, meaning it's not pegged to any currency or anything like that, or uh, pegged to a commodity or anything like that, um, fiat currency, meaning by decree, in other words, a government can create it at will, um, country can never go broke on debt denominated in its own currency. And that's kind of like the statement. And it describes the difference between currency issuers and currency users. And so, you know, of course, in the United States, there's nothing we can't screw up. So you've got you've got the libertarians that think that the Federal Reserve is owned by a bunch of, you know, cranky uh, Jewish people or the Rothschilds, this, that and the other. A lot of anti-Semitic nonsense going on over there. Then you've got the group over here that doesn't really understand what it is. They think that everything's financed through private banks. They don't realize that the dollar is nothing more than a unit of measure, like an inch or a pound. You can't see it. You can't run out of inches and pounds, right. and, and you can't run out of dollars. So what the United States government in particular does is it has a sovereign free-floating fiat currency that's not convertible to gold, and therefore we can spend. But it's not just that we can spend. It's that we have been led to believe that the government borrows money from China that we're broke and we have no money, we can't do anything, but somehow or another, we always come up with money for war. Yeah. We can't figure out how we can do this stuff, but we always can finance tax cuts for the rich. We can never figure out how we can do anything. It's always, as soon as you say, well, let's give guys health care. It's like, well, what about hyperinflation? Oh my God, we're going to have hyperinflation. Right. And so there's always something there when they talk about spending on you and I that prevents that from happening. But it never happens at the top. And you got to ask yourself why. And these are questions that made me ask why. Why is this? Why do we have a global financial crisis? Why do we have all these things going on? Why are people poor? Why is this happening? And you start to realize, and this is the big aha moment, that all these things are political decisions. And it's always a question of why are they doing this? Why is this happening? And so modern monetary theory describes currency as it's, it's like the plumbing. It's like the owner's manual of a fiat currency. Mm. You can add a bunch of rules. You can add a bunch of different things to it. But the reality is, is that fiat currency is, is just there. I mean, just it's an intrapound. Where do runs come in a baseball game? Where do touchdowns come in a football game? Those points, you don't run out of points. You don't run out of airline miles. And you don't run out of U.S. dollars. So the United States government doesn't need to go borrow inches from China. They don't borrow U.S. dollars from China. It's preposterous. It's stupid. It, 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 but this is what you're fed to believe. So what are, are we people, borrowing then? What are we? We're bo not borrowing anything. Okay. So What's happened just, is – Okay, go ahead. So what happens is, is that if you think about accounting, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever taken a basic accounting class, but <laughs> you have school. an asset. Yeah. You have an assets and you have a liability side. Yeah. You have a debits and you have a credit side, right? Okay. Well, when the government spends, it's taking money and it's pushing it over to the other side, but it's, it has no money. It never has money. It creates money every time Congress authorizes spending. Mm -hmm. So money is not, you don't just print money. It's always created when they're spending it into the economy on something. It's not like they just roll up a big fat stack of bills, Breaking Bad style, and say, hey, man, we got a bunch of bills in the back. Yeah. It's, it's all fiat, and so it's all fingers, keystrokes into the Treasury's accounts, and it's spent to wherever they've been authorized to spend it to.
But that money matriculates through the economy. The way we keep it from just continually growing and growing and growing is we tax some of that money out of the economy. And so if the, there's inflation or something like that, they may raise taxes to shrink the money, to take money out of the economy, to defer buying decisions for later, right? Mm -hmm. And that's all a treasury bond is really. They sell treasury bonds to defend interest rates, to defend interest rates and to maintain a certain level of unemployment. They intentionally keep people unemployed because they feel that they need to have so many unemployed people to stave off non-existent inflation. Yeah. So re really what MMT does is it debunks almost every myth you've ever thought you knew about the economy. And you realize that the government, well, why do we sell treasury bonds? What is the national debt? What is a deficit? What are all these things? And a recent book by Stephanie Kelton came out just a couple months back called The Deficit Myth. And it really breaks down in great detail. It's an elevator read, though. Anybody could read it. But it breaks down in, in just the most easy-to-understand language, what a deficit is, what the debt is, and, and really what the limits of spending are. So think about this. If I can create money at will, what would cause us to have issues? Well, we, if we don't have the real resources available for purchase in those U.S. dollars, then it will drive up scarcity, and that could create some inflation based on a lack of available resources. So hypothetically, just look at Medicare for All or something like that. There's all this chaos, all this craziness inside the insurance industry today. Well, that all that chaos equals economic activity. And that's the way we measure GDP in this country is by economic activity. It doesn't matter if it's good, bad, different. If a tornado wipes out Dallas all of a sudden and we rebuild Dallas, that's, yay, GDP went up. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that we're just rebuilding what we had before. That's considered, you know, GDP increase. So if you think about it, something as simple as Medicare for all is eliminating a lot of chaos, el eliminating a lot of all that nonsensical back-and-forth paper pushing. Mm. And so we could afford it without any problem. It is deflationary, though, because it drops some of that economic activity. But then you say, well, wait a minute. What if everybody has access to health care? Now, all of a sudden, it's going to make health care more scarce. Isn't that going to drive prices up? Mm. It doesn't matter because the U.S. government would be paying those costs and you wouldn't even see it. We could make it free to everyone. Forget paying a premium even. We could make it free. But the point is, is that we don't have enough doctors. We don't have enough nurses. We don't have enough gurneys. We don't have enough hospital beds. We don't have enough of the things, phlebotomists, whatever, to make it right. So there's another side to leisure, and that's do we have the real resources being people, be it raw materials, be it finished output, be it services, whatever, to produce those things. And that's really what the spending limit is within an MMT lens. And to be honest with you, MMT isn't something to believe in or not believe in. It's just simply what it is. It just is. And um, so you could say that since 1971 to present is the only legally coherent description of the way the economy works mm. in terms of you know macroeconomic uh, perspectives. That's a lot of word salad. <laughs> so what do you think, man? Am I crazy? Well, I, I'm not sure. That's that's the whole thing. <laughs> well, no, no, because, because, okay, so when, first of all, I mean, why, why would we, why would we want to suppress this? Why, if it is, if this is the Good case, question. why would we want to do that? Why would we make up lies about, about borrowing money from China? And, and, you know, like, why, why would we say that there's not enough money 
to to fund you know these crumbling neighborhoods in southern Chicago or South Chicago or in Baltimore? Why why can't we fix these things? Why why would they suppress that if we could benefit greatly from this? Well, so first of all, what you have is capture in our government. Our government has been largely captured by uh, Wall Street interest, um, lots and lots of payola going through the system. Mm. But reality is, is that there's two ways to pull money into the economy, three ways, really. Number one is the government spends it directly into the economy and people have money, people have services, whatever. That's number one. The second one is that people are in debt and they go to banks and borrow money so that they can pay for things. Mm. Now, in the borrowing scenario, banks make money. Right. In the government spending out, banks don't make money. Okay. That's spent from the government. And the other one is buying and selling you know, foreign goods and services through trade. Okay, so you have three sectors of the economy, which is public debt, private debt, and quote unquote rest of world. So we are a net importer to the tune of about five hundred billion dollars a year. If your net income is dropped five billion a year because your money is leaving the country, somehow or another that bathtub, if you will, has to be filled up with something. And what we've traditionally relied on, at least since the seventies, is banks to give us loans to fill that void. Mm. But when the federal government does it, people are whole. They're not desperate anymore. They don't need to take a shit job. They don't need to accept bad conditions. They can demand better because to get me off the pot, you got to pay me better to give me better benefits, give me a better life. Mm. So the business leaders who don't want that, who want to maintain control, because you got to go back, slavery. Slavery didn't end, it changed right? Mm. Black people are no longer bonded, but we all are to some extent because the U.S. dollar is a tax credit. The tax credit is when the government spends it, you wouldn't use that piece of paper if there wasn't something tied to it. Why do you use that piece of paper? Because you can't pay your taxes in Bitcoin. Sorry, libertarians. You can't pay your, uh, your taxes in gold. You can't pay it in sexual favors. You can't pay it in boogers or chicken necks or frog legs. You can only pay it in U.S. dollars. And the reason for that goes way, way back. Think about Roman times, right? The, the emperor comes to, he's like, I want to build a road. I want to build an aqueduct. And there's a guy digging, you know, you think of Monty Python. We're a communist, neo, whatever, <laughs> communist community. Right? We, you know, we, we take turns being leader. Right? And the king's like, well, why don't you go ahead and build this road for me? He's like, nah, nah, we're good. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'll give you this, give you this coin. He's like, yeah, I'm good, man. I'm going to go fish and I'm going to go pick some potatoes and I'm going to go shoot a deer in the woods. I'm good, man. And he's like, ah, you got a good point, man. He goes, how about if I put a tax on your hut? How about if I put a tax on your land? It says, I'm going to take your house if you don't give me 10 of these coins back in payment. And the guy's like, oh, yeah. Hey, well, how do I get those coins? Funny you should ask that. I need an aqueduct built. I got a war I want to fight. I want to do this. I want to do that. So all of a sudden, the guy's like, what do I do for this money? Here you go. So now I can pay my taxes. But if the government is paying the money first before it taxes it, naturally, taxes can't possibly be funding spending, can it? Mm. Because they spent first, tax second. So this is the MMT story in a nutshell. And, and you start to realize that when they you see Democrats run, we've got to tax the rich. We got to, how are we going to ever afford these? Hey, Donald Trump's tax returns, oh. as grotesque as that is, right? <laughs> yeah. As grotesque as it is, it didn't cause one poor 
poor person to be without anything. The, the taxes are merely a matter of fairness, about income inequality, and about maintaining the buying power of the U.S. dollar. So a lot of times you hear people talking about the petrodollar this and the world reserve currency that. Well, think about it. Japan can do this right now, and they're not any standing army, and they have no petro yen, and they don't have any of these things. But why can they do it? Why do they have almost 300% debt to GDP? Why are they, this little a tiny island nation, able to run 300% of debt to GDP? We're not even anywhere close to that. And, and we've got t massive resources, huge amounts of resources. So why in the world wouldn't we be able to do it? And you look at Canada and Russia and China. China is a great example of a, a country that is spending out the wazoo, building up its infrastructure. Now, that's not to say they're a great country. It's to say they figured it out. Yeah. And so... As, as you look at our country, we have gotten rid of our manufacturing base. We have gotten rid of so many of the jobs that people used to do back in the golden days of World War II and stuff like that. And so we have a service-based economy now. And so if you aren't educated and you're not trained, all that leaves you to do anymore is, is very, very low-level jobs. There's no more getting in the mailroom and working your way up to, the, to the, you know, the top suite. It doesn't work that way anymore. So the whole country's kind of still hasn't quite figured this out. The, the rich have. The rich have known it from day one. When they removed that peg, they knew right then what it did. And you can see almost like a hockey stick rise in income inequality from like 1976 on up. Mm. And it just really, really went like this under Reagan and under Obama and Clinton. It went like almost like a perpendicular line. It's ridiculous. They got tons of these great uh, uh, graphs out there to show this uh, graphically. That, that was like stupid to say graph and graphically, but anyway. <laughs> um, what, so what, hopefully, what 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 would that graphic be called? Um, the wealth gap, really, the income gap. You know, you you figure it this way. Once you start getting um, people, I mean, you can look at the the income gap from 1971 to present or something mm. like that. And there's a, it's out there. It's all over the place. Um, but you really realized that what happened was is that the, the wealthy realized that they could financialize our economy. We were no longer a production-based economy. We we're a financial-based economy. Mm. And what we could do is we could then in turn go ahead and push our manufacturing out of the country and let these big wigs start investing in fire sector type money. And so our entire economy is based on investment money instead of on actual produced goods and services. It's a real shame. And so that, that's kind of where we're at right now. And that's what you asked. The point was, why don't we do all these things? Mm -hmm. And the reason we don't do all these things is because it doesn't serve the wealthy. And, and they, they want us to be available for them at whatever terms they present. And they want to be gods because when you have everything, what do you need? You need fealty. And so we're creating a neo-feudal society by not understanding MMT, by not pushing back and resisting and fighting back and really demanding and teaching people and, and helping one another understand this. You watch this continue to grow and grow and grow. And the only way to fix that, it's not just raising taxes on the rich, although that sounds good and feels sexy. <laughs> it's also about providing things like a job guarantee. Now all of a sudden, 
sudden we're not going in debt over these things. What about paying for healthcare as a right? Now we're not being bankrupted out of our existence. You know, we're not being plundered by uh, debt collectors. And look at places like Puerto Rico and uh, you know Detroit. They've been pilfered by these capital vultures that come in there. And well, yeah, we'll restructure your debt, but we're going to eat up all your assets. It's like the IMF and all these other groups do the same damn thing. So it's up to us as citizens and people that understand to each one teach one and get people to understand this right wing left wing center wing no wing we all have to understand this because the only difference between the the various sides really comes down to what would you do if you understood that money was not an option if you understood that we could pay for anything what would that mean? What would that say about who you are? Would you want everyone to have a job? Would you want everyone to have health care? Would you want everyone to have free college education? Or would you want to keep putting 19-year-old kids with $60,000 of debt on their back walking out the door before they get laid the first time? You know what I'm saying? So it's like these are the things. These are the questions that once you understand MMT, you begin to understand what we're up against. And it really is about the gap, the whole gap, and nothing but the gap between the highest earners and the lowest earners. Mm -hmm. And um, when you realize this stuff also, you realize – Foreigners aren't eating our lunch. They're not coming into this country stealing from us. We can afford to pay for any one of them. It doesn't change anything. The question really comes down to even with Social Security and all that stuff, do we have the real resources? Yes, we freaking do. Out the wazoo. So we need to get this word out there. And I think that's really the net message of MMT. Um, inflation is our real constraint. Real resources are our real constraint. Cash is not our real constraint. Debt is nothing but the money supply. It's the net money supply. Debt, the national debt, is nothing more than the sum total of every untaxed dollar in existence in the economy. And that's it. You get rid of the debt, you eliminate the money in the economy. And so I want to talk about treasury bonds real quick. Please, please. Talk about borrowing money from China, right? right. So what happens is China buys goods and services in the United States. Well, they get U.S. dollars for those goods and services. They don't get Chinese yuan. They get freaking U.S. dollars. So if the U.S. dollars are coming in, what do the Chinese do with all the U.S. dollars? Well, maybe they take some back for using it for other transactions. But otherwise, they're sitting there with a bunch of U.S. dollars when they use the yuan. So what they do is they park it at the Fed, they buy treasuries, get a nominal interest rate while it sits there facilitating their trade in the United States. That's it. It's not like we borrowed any money from them. They bought an interest-bearing savings account for money they earned. We didn't borrow that. We just said, hey, we want to delay some buying decisions you might do with U.S. dollars. So we're selling these treasuries and we're paying 2% on them. You want them? Here they are. And they say, well, we got $10 trillion in U.S. dollars. What are we going to do with these $10 trillion? Hey, let's make $12 trillion instead of $10 trillion. <laughs> So they go ahead and invest it, and that's what they do. And it's money that we keystroke into existence. Mm. And so you wonder, why are people fapping over this? Why are they losing their mind over this national debt? And reality is it's bullshit. That's what it is. It's just a big pile of bullshit. Um, you know, I, I got a question from chat right now. So what do you do with this knowledge? Well, how, how could MMT use to program development? Who gets to decide what is equitable for everyone? So that's three questions in there. Well, it's called a democracy, right? And so the idea here is, is that we the people should. And if you start with a job guarantee, a job guarantee is federally funded, locally administered. So if you're showing up to your local town hall, 
Now, all of a sudden, your local town hall, you're sitting there talking about what you want the job guarantee to compensate. And since the federal government is paying for it, the people in the local community are deciding what they want done. And that means that they can choose anything. They can choose, do I want to give kids a mentor? Do I want to do tutoring? Do I want to teach people how to play guitar? I mean, whatever you want to do, it's there for the community. You know, arts, we want to fund artists. We want to fund whatever. We can do all that. We want to help pay for moms, single moms, so they don't have to abandon their kids. Whatever we want, we have choices. We have real choices. But the reason why we say a job guarantee, like, for example, versus a UBI, is because a job guarantee takes away the ability for the capitalist to quarantine those hours of those people's lives. Whereas now they're saying, nah, man, I don't need your job. You got to pay me better than the job guarantee or get the F out of here. Mm. Bounce. And so this is a real game changer. And this is why the UBI is not. But anyway, so the point is, is that democracy is going to tell us what to do. If we want democracy, most people don't pay attention. Most people aren't dialed in. So the people that are dialed in tend to be the ones that make the decisions. Mm. And that right there is why it oftentimes feels like you didn't have anything to do with it because maybe you weren't as involved. Yeah. And so I think a big part of what we do here is, is really enhance democracy, each one teach one, and, and start really trying to drive the knowledge into voters' minds so that when they hear a politician talking bullshit, they can say, you're lying. Yeah. You're Don't give me that crap. Of course you can afford it. You know, and I think that's the deal. You know, when I hear, well, I wanted to talk about austerity, but you mentioned UBI and, um, you know, that's a, obviously a huge um, a huge topic these days, considering, you know, we're forced out of work and I'm a musician. I got forced out of my job. You know what I mean? Like I don't, there's nothing coming up the line, you know, there's nothing. And I live yep. in a smaller music market. So it, 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 right now I can take gigs for 25% of what I was making before. Yeah. And, um, so I'm, you know, UBI at this point is, you know, is, is looking okay, but, uh, you know, I, Tell me what you're – because you were sort of saying UBI, you're kind of showing apprehension towards it. So I'm just curious. Yeah. Go into what, what you feel about UBI. So U stands for universal, means everybody from Donald Trump down to me and you gets a UBI. Mm -hmm. it's, it's silly. So the idea here is, is that it doesn't provide anything transformational because ultimately the capitalists still control the cost of goods. So if you end up needing – $15 to pay for uh, medicine, but you're only getting 10, what did that do for you? Nothing. Mm. And so ultimately you keep going through this process and you realize God, my kids are coming to the door. How hilarious. All good, man. Anyway, um, get out of here right now. Thank you. I love you so much. Get out please, sweetie. Okay. What can I say, guys? This is what COVID-19 does to this us. This is what it did to us all. It's what it did to so, us all. Yeah, the idea my of... son's going to come bursting in here talking about his penis. So, uh, all right. Anyways. Uh... Anyway, the UBI, it makes you a consumption unit, right? Yeah. And you're now on the hook for whatever price changes go into it. With a job guarantee, they can't do that. It's a peg. It's like you're pegging the economy to labor, and they can't shift it around. It's a nominal price anchor that keeps prices in line. So I think it's really important that we understand what a UBI is. And a basic income during a COVID crisis like this would be a perfectly adequate, perfectly righteous response. We could have nationalized payroll 
during this time period and kept everyone home. Get hey, out. look, we both Get got it, brother. Here. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It seems like the way it is, man. Seems like the way it is. Anyway, the, the bottom line is that a basic income um, is, you know, is something that sounds good. But what if we were to expand Social Security? Right now, you have survivor benefits. You have handicap benefits. You have all kinds of uh, benefits go through Social Security. Why not raise that up? Why not get rid of FICA taxes altogether and call that your basic income? Now you have a basic income to meet certain things. But you remember when I talked about the job guarantee, I said we could fund musicians. I said we could fund the arts. I said we could do these things because the goal here is not to compete with the private sector, but to start reinvigorating the public purpose, to reinvigorate communities, and to start bringing about those things that we feel are necessary to fund. And I think this is a great enhancer. What about a woman that's trapped in a really bad marriage, has been getting beaten? Now she can pick up, go to Colorado, drink clean water, smoke some good weed, and be free of a beater in some other area. I mean, these are the kinds of mobilities that you want to try to bring about in society. And, and again, the basic income doesn't transform because, once again, economic rents can go up and make that not, dollar not even matter. So I think this is one of the key things there to remember is that the job guarantee keeps prices where they need to be. The UBI, there's no price anchor. That thing can go right through the roof. So money, remember, real resources are the deal, right? And if you're not producing anything with the UBI, now all of a sudden you've got inflationary pressures, and that's when things start really going wrong. Now, do you think with UBI that because there's an argument out there that people are saying that, you know, you give people just unlimited amounts of money and that that they're not going to do anything. They're not going to be productive. They're just going to sort of live off it. And, and, you know, it goes back to that old argument. If you give, uh, you know, a, a, a suffering neighborhood money, they're just going to what are they going to do with it? They're just going to piss it away and it's still going to continue right. to be a crappy. What do you have to say in regards to people? Who you, re you remember what I told you in the beginning. It's just going to expose what your value system is. Mm. Understanding the money, the way it works, will expose your values. Mm. And to me, I don't really care what other people do. What I care about is that we have less people dying from bad health, less people dying from starvation, less people dying because they're hooked on drugs and have no way out. I mean, you know, being, you know, legalized drugs, get them the fuck out of the jails. I mean, there's so much that we could be doing right now to enhance society. And when people have these views, a lot of times it's based on neoliberalism. It's based on this bad knowledge of the way the economy works, that they think money is scarce and it's scarce because they make it scarce. But what if it wasn't? What if we were able to get the things we need without worrying about whether, hey, I don't have enough money to get this hole in my tooth fixed. Yeah. Hey, you know, I've got this hole in my leg here. It's got, you know, it's all pussy and yucky, but I don't have the money to go to, you know, to the hospital to get it fixed. Hey, I got cancer. I guess I should just die. I mean, it's just the kind of stuff that I think your UBI friends, the people that don't like people having anything, they, they just don't understand. They're, they're really bought into this work ethic that the Cal bought into all these different views of hard work. But hard work for who? The man? Yeah. I mean, give me a break. Right? I mean, that's ridiculous. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. Well, well, okay. So this is from chat from Charizard the Carpenter. One of the problems with a central run economy and UBI is that private industry helps show helps to show what demand of supplies are for without seeing what demand is there's lots of opportunity for lost production overproduction shortages 
I'm not sure if maybe I was link. I think I, we might have dipped into someone else's conversation. <laughs> I don't think they were talking to us. No, I okay. thought that was a question. Okay, I, I think they're in a conversation with someone else in chat right now. I read that. Well, we're whole not thing. just to, to answer a little bit of that, though. We're, we're not really talking about creating that kind of production mm. We're creating social value in our communities. Right. Mm. I mean, think about when you drive down the road, you see trash all over the road. You see graffiti everywhere. You see like just things run down and stuff. We can clean that up. We, we can create green you know, carbon neutral jobs. Mm. We can do all kinds of, we can create, um, you know, I, I love the idea of people that don't have uh, an adult in their life or a, a good friend in their life to be able to provide a mentoring service, you know, anything that, that the, the community feels is valuable, right? And so the idea of production, well, that's, that's capitalism, right? That's, that's a different story. We're talking about producing social value. Mm -hmm. Two different things. We're not. You don't go up to the store and say, "I'd like to buy some social value, please." What do you have on <laughs> sale? You know what I mean. This is about things that capital typically doesn't find interesting. Like for example, cleaning up the environment is not profitable. Mm -hmm. Actually, healing people is not profitable. Right. Sick people, treating them is profitable, mm -hmm. but curing things is not profitable. Right. But what if medicine was no longer a profit motive? Now you're talking about cures, not treatments. Now you're talking about solutions, not band-aids. And so I think that this is a real opportunity to kind of expand the way you view the world. Um, so. You know, and, and I guess some, uh, I guess the argument to that would be, uh, you know, what motivates people to create uh, uh, drugs that cure diseases if there's no money motivating them to do the Ah, but research. there would be money. The money just wouldn't be coming from you and me. The mm -hmm. money would be coming from the federal government because remember the federal government. I mean, think about it. Do you think the internet came from some wispy, cool capitalist? Hell no. The internet came from the military trying to figure out how to do things, and that's a government program. They handed it over to the public later, and then they privatized it like fools, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many things that start with a government and then they end up rolling it public, and then they give it to the capitalists to exploit. Mm. And so I think so much of this is a matter of us owning our power, owning again what the public purpose is, and really, really taking steps to change our society for better. Yeah. Um, so a, a question from Chad is, uh, so, and that was actually where I was going. This sounds, you know, I'm going to say it, and I don't want no one to freak out. But it sounds a lot like socialism. Uh, you know, what do you say? Hey. And, and I'm not and I'm not shitting on socialism. I'm not even I'm not, I don't even have an opinion. Don't even think of it as an opinion at this point. But, you know, it, 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 to those people who are running around socialism and, you know, like the whole thing, you know, what I'm. you know, sure. those people, you know, hardcore Republicans or what do you have to say? Communist. Communism. I don't care. Killing fields. You call it whatever you the want, The killing man, fields right? of Cambodia is on its way. That's what I hear. So, no, nah, the idea here is, is the difference of ownership for the people versus ownership by a single person. Mm -hmm. Whether or not you're peeling away value from people whose labor or whether you're giving, you know, how that balances. And it's always a spectrum. We're on a spectrum now. We have things that would seem socialist and we have things that are totally, ooh. Hey. Okay, so that's where Steve's whole internet thing came to a, a grinding halt, and uh, and he, he was no longer available. And now we are going to enter and bring on Jab, who was in chat and wanted to uh, step in for Steve. So I welcome that, and Jab Morris is also from realprogressive.org. 
Again, go click on the show notes and, and give them some love and, and try to educate yourself on things that uh, you might not know about. Okay, so here's Jab Morris, and I will see you on the other side of Jab Morris. I'm actually the co-editor-in-chief of Real Progressives, and I'm, I'm the second um, longest tenured member besides Steve himself. Oh, okay, okay. Great, great. Well, thank you so much for filling us in. Uh, what's your background? What's your work in? Um, I work in healthcare. Okay. Been okay. working in healthcare since 2010. Right on, right on. So, so, so I, I forgot what we were even talking about with Steve when when he got I don't know disconnected. Um, um I, I don't remember I'm what he was. I'm not sure Let what. Me see it's all good. We 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 can uh, we can just pick up from wherever. Uh, but now with with MMT and with the oppositions, like uh, people at the Fed, what do you have to say to people who like Larry Summers who are saying that MMT is 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 not? You know, this is someone who is at the Fed. This is someone who is in charge of printing the money. This is someone who, you know, sh- we should be able to trust, right? Why why do you think that people like Larry Summers are are are, are talking uh, are, are saying that MMT is garbage if it can do so much good? Well, it's very simple. Some there's a quote somebody had that said if, if somebody relies on money and it requires them to not tell the truth, they're not going to tell the truth. Yeah. So the powers that be don't often want people to tell the truth. But there's actually video of Alan Greenspan and a couple other Fed chairmen before him actually telling the truth that, you know, United States can't go broke. It's just the truth. You, how are you going to go broke in something that you create? It makes no sense. Well, OK, then, then, then so how do you explain uh, inflation, how they always say like like austerity? Let, let's talk about austerity. Are, are you familiar with it? I'm not. So, I mean, I'm very uh, familiar with austerity. let's talk about I'm, austerity. I'm a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> What's so familiar with austerity? <laughs> Let, let's talk about austerity and let's talk about. Um, well, first of all, could you just explain what it means? Because I have a very vague understanding of it. OK, austerity programs are just basically saying that we need to spend less and less into the social area of the economy basically it it, it technically means just cutting down on everything that's what it really means but the way they administer it it means cut the social programs out because you never hear about austerity for the military you never hear about austerity for tax cuts but when it comes to austerity for um social programs for poor people social programs for even veterans social programs to help the environment then there's austerity. I see, I see. So basically, austerity is it, it, it's basically defunding programs, is what what uh, Chris Chris Twitch sorry, Kristen says. Uh, is that a, a proper way of defining it? Pretty much. Okay. So then, and what they're saying is that there's not enough money to fund specific programs because there's just not enough money in the deficit or, or in, in the budget and, and, and our deficit is too high. And, and that's what it means, basically. It's just a way of cutting programs. because It's just a, an yep. excuse to cut programs because there's no money. I'm doing air quotes. Yeah, no money, exactly. 
I like that. Yeah, because that's where it is air quotes. Because whenever it's time to bomb, whenever it's time to bomb another country, you never hear, oh, we don't have enough money to bomb the bomb Iran. Oh, we don't have enough money to bomb Afghanistan. Oh, we don't have enough money to um, bomb Yemen. Yeah. But nope, you don't hear, ever hear that, do you? No, you don't. They don't even tell you that we don't even have the resources to do it. They always find the resources to do what they want to do. Yeah, and, and they don't want to fund social programs. Right, exactly. And I think that that was super highlighted by this whole pandemic and how it was sort of where where they're like, all of a sudden we had all this money to to pay people out, you know, give people their their twelve hundred dollars and to do the pay up. And, and, and you know, so uh, so what, I guess what I'm saying is that it's kind of bullshit that it's kind of a bullshit idea that there's no money, especially when we just got done seeing that there is money, that this is possible, that we can fund the fund people and keep people from slipping into object poverty or, or letting neighborhoods dwindle into into crumbles you know it's um i don't know if that's a statement or a question but <laughs> it's no, it, it happens because they want it to happen and the american public has been fed lies for so long that we don't know our heads from our tails anymore yeah yeah they it, basically look look Hey, I put like this here. Uh, we spend a lot of time watching TV, right? And there's a reason why they call the things you see on TV programming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. It, TV, TV has so much influence. Uh, hate the human races in chat right now. He's saying that uh, he's talking about inflation would go nuts if we were just printing all the money. But why isn't inflation going nuts now when we just printed all this money to give to corporations, to give you know to people? It's like, why isn't inflation going nuts right now? Well, well, well it's pretty simple. Um, this is, well, not simple, but this is a little more complex idea. It's an idea called stocks and f- flows, right? Yeah. Flows is basically when money is moving, right? St- stocks, I don't mean like stocks in, at Wall Street. I mean, stocks is where money stops it and, and it stays out of the economy. When you give money, t- when you do a tax cut for a rich person, right? They don't spend that money. They save it. They throw it overseas. They put it here. It never really touches the real economy. But when you give money to a poor person, they're going to spend it almost immediately because they need to spend it. Because otherwise, it's the difference between them starving or losing their house or losing their car. So as long as money is moving and it's not causing uh, too many goods, too like uh, it's sort of simplistic way of saying it too too many dollars chasing too many goods is a, de- a simple definition of inflation but mm-hmm. when you look at it from, on a more complex level inflation it also means that there actually has to be money moving in that direction of going towards those goods so like i said you cut you cut taxes on the rich they keep more money but they never spend it it's never going to fit inflation mm-hmm. um right now we had a we got a pandemic um, our employment rate, our unemployment rate went through the roof. People needed money right now. That money was just to keep things in maintenance, and it didn't even wasn't even enough to keep things maintained. Mm-hmm. But that's why they pumped all that money into the economy, and it did, and it caused no inflation because the money was needed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the what what. I don't know if this is a correct assessment, but what MMT is kind of pointing out to me is that, or it can kind of point out that 
maybe that the problems that we're having right now, maybe, now just maybe, and this is just a rough idea, but maybe that the problems that we have right now might not be completely about race or ideology, but more about money and who has it and who does not. Would you agree with that? Or do you think that racism is out of control in this country and, 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 um, you know, I mean, do you agree with that concept? I guess do you, do you agree that it's more of a, a money thing of the have and have nots, or do you think it's more of the, of the racist, the mainstream idea right now that, that, that America is this, um, uh, it has racism ingrained, baked into it, if in its foundations, which I mean it does, but uh, but but you know what I'm saying, uh, where it's at now, like with the Black Lives okay. Matter. Well, I'm, I'm gonna put it to you this way: both ideals are one thousand percent correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, class is totally baked into this country's identity. Race is totally baked. In, racism is totally baked into this country's identity. Uh, unfortunately, here's the catch. Racism does have something to do with classism. And there was an article that somebody wrote four years ago. I think her name is Jonah Ivan. It's called Why Poor Whites Chant Trump, 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 right? Mm-hmm. And then when it talked about how even back in the days, um, poor, you know, they basically put poor white people up to hating the poor black people because then the poor black people and the poor white people can get together and overthrow the, the rich white people. Um, it's probably the same reason why I believe Martin Luther King got assassinated. As long as his message was just to black people, they would tolerate him. But once he started the poor people's campaign and was getting together everybody, all the um, sanitation workers in Memphis to get together in order to make change, that's when they got him assassinated. Mm. Racism and classism aren't separate issues. They're meld together. And a lot of it is just like a classical thing of divide and conquer. It's a lot easier to conquer people once you got them fighting against each other. They'll never understand or pay attention to the person above them who's really pulling the strings. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned MLK. I mean, MLK, I think, even said something about that, uh, that, that this, is, uh, this is going to become more about socioeconomics than even race. Uh, maybe I'm misquoting, but I'm not even quoting, but maybe I'm not getting that right. Uh, I mean, do you, do you agree with that sentiment? Uh, with- well, actually, Martin Luther King started to understand that it, was, it wasn't just about race. It yeah. was a lot about class. It's a lot, it's a lot about understanding power structures. Mm-hmm. And, and in today's uh, um, United States, the power structure, you know, is the rich people, and then after them, you know, the CEOs and then the, the managers who work under the CEOs and, you know, like that. And basically they, they use that knowledge of the different strata in American American economy in order to divide all the strata against each other while the super rich, the people that truly have all the money, like the Jeff Bezos and the Walton families and stuff, they get to keep doing what they're doing without anybody actually trying to come down on them hard. Well, when you when you talk about these big companies like Amazon, Jeff Bezos and such, um, you know, okay, with give me one second. Sure, sure, okay? sure. Oh, hold on. Sure, sure, sure. Last place for services, Bryce. 
<laughs> I'm gonna mute him. What? I'm gonna mute him for a second so he doesn't have to have his business out on public. Um, no. Um, I need to call you. No. Hold on. I'm just letting him. I'm just letting him get off his call. I don't want him to put all his stuff out here. Uh, eat the rich. End of this year. Focus on comedy. Oh, thank you so much for the follow, R Dev. Appreciate it. All right. Are you there, Jeb? Okay, I'm done. Oh, you're back. Cool, cool. Yeah. I, I just muted you, so you had a little privacy there. Yeah, I'm, I'm thankful. Yeah, it, it was my, um, I'm on call on, on this particular weekend, so. Yeah, no worries, And the issues have to keep killed. I mean, you know well, it well, hey, man, this, you didn't even know. Hey, thank you, Kristen, for following, man. Uh, uh, well, you didn't know you were going to jump on a podcast today, <laughs> you know? So hey, I, no worries, man. No worries. What, what what I was getting at is because I've been sort of going on these sort of rants since the beginning of the pandemic and saying, uh, and, and and keep the with MMT in mind and, and just tell me. I guess I guess I want to just know if I'm on, even on the right track. Um, you know, these big corporations. It's in their best interest to kind of keep everyone sort of fighting. And so you see Amazon putting up a lot of black lives matter type stuff which is great I, I love the fact that culturally that there's more brown on the screen that we're seeing it more um but what i'm saying is that they're they're picking sides making things political uh whereas it keeps people sort of busy fighting amongst themselves um and it kind of distracts people away from all the the taxes that they don't pay now, with MMT in mind, mm. does that matter? Uh, does it matter that companies um, are, are are able to have offshore accounts and and have able to to work this? Like we just found out, Donald Trump paid seven hundred dollars for you know in two thousand eighteen. You know, is that does it well, matter? I think it was Sixteen and seventeen. I'm sorry, hey, I'm okay. getting I'm getting hey. it wrong, but 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 okay. you, MMT, if you're offshoring money. And you're taking it out of the United States economy. You're doing just that. that that's money that's not moving. It's a, it's put in the stock. It's not move. It's not moving into the regular economy. Right. It's not flowing around, helping out other people. Right. So, and that just goes back to what I was t telling you earlier that when you you give money to rich people or rich corporations, they are, they are short. They put in bank accounts or whatever. It's money that's not moving. It does nothing. It's not gonna cause. See, this is what MMT says. MMT tells you that whatever program that you need to do, you can do it as long as you have the real resources to do the program. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter about the money. You don't need to tax the rich to get money to do a program. You tax the rich to remove the ability to buy politicians. You tax the rich to remove the ability to have too much of their quote-unquote free speech, you know, like advertisements and other things that they do in order to influence us. You don't tax the rich to get programs at the federal level. State levels, different. Federal mm -hmm. levels, no. So, so, it, so, so then with MMT in mind, it wouldn't matter if these, if these big corporations were, were moving money out of the country, not putting it back in because we can fund it. We can fund any program we want because the government could just make that money and make that happen. It's so, not so, even making money. It's, it's basically keystrokes. Yeah. It, it, you don't have to actually spend any, you don't have to actually print up any extra dollars. You just hit click, 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 and it's in your account. It's just like, right. I'll give you a good example of this here. Think about, um, you ever have anybody cash out money to you? Yes. Before? Yes. Okay. Did, did they have to print dollars? 
and, and go and go put them in the mail and stick and, and wait two or three days for it to get to you. No, they made a couple of keystrokes on their phone or their computer mm -hmm. and it went into your account. Right. That's the same thing that happens at the Fed. Click, 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 and the money gets there. Right, right. Well, so then I'm gonna tell you something even more interesting. Please, I'm gonna tell you something even more relic and more interesting. You know how they they talk about how we so much in debt, right? Yes. We twenty uh, we got twenty three trillion dollars of federal debt. All right, so here's something even more radical. They can eliminate that today if they wanted to. Just, just, cl just yeah, click it away. Because, because, the debt, because the debt is denominated into treasury bonds and, and tre other treasury securities, right? Mm -hmm. So you can consider those treasury securities like savings accounts at the feds. All right? So, um, you know, a lot of bit, a lot of the big banks, right, they have demand accounts at the Fed. You can consider those demand accounts as checking accounts, right? Okay. So they could immediately, they, if they wanted to, they could keystroke all the money out of the, out of those quote-unquote savers accounts into the, their quote-unquote checking accounts. And there would be no national debt, just mm -hmm. like that. Wow. Well, I mean that that I mean that's pretty amazing. If if we would just do that, um, we have a question from. But why they oh, don't want to do that? Because then it'll tell you, it'll let you know that everything they've been doing to us is a total fraud, a total sham, and it's just been doing it to control us. That's why they won't do anything like that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 uh, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I mean, it, it, it's crazy to think about. It. If, if this is if this is true, if this is all what we can do, if this is how if this is how it is, then it is nuts that we aren't we are still fighting the same battles that we've been doing. Um, we had a question from the the uh, the chat here. I'm curious as to how our non-Republican watchers, commentators feel about this info. Has it been informative at all? Oh, sorry, that wasn't for you. I think that was for chat. Um, I think it's informative, personally. I think that, uh, I mean, I've been looking into this a lot, and um, and it's incredible. It's incredible. If this if this is something that is, is really, truly, a that we're able to do, then then it is it, then it's despicable you know i i, I it, it really is actually if you look at just the history of this country and what we've done it, it is despicable completely yeah yeah um where do you think that this is all going with the economy the way it is now and and first of all um I, you know i don't know how much you know let's just start with this Right now, our stock market is doing great, right? Like, and and our president keeps talking about uh, how great our economy is and how how we're on an upswing, how 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 it's all coming back. It's going to be better than even before. Um, but yet we have you know these small businesses are going out of business. You know, one in six or something. I I, I heard, or I think Joe Biden said one in six, which I think is a low number. I think it's more like 40%. Uh, 40% of small businesses are going away. People are unemployed, you know, and that number keeps going up. And, and I, I, how, how is it that we have a great economy right now, but yet we have such disparity? Jab? Oh no! What happened to Jab? We're just not having, we're just not having the good luck today. <clears throat> hey Jab, are you there, bud? Oh man! 
Yeah, the stock market isn't the real economy. Oh, hey, Jeb. Yeah, I don't know. He's here. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what happened, buddy. I don't hear you anymore. Yeah, well, that that's... Um, yeah, I think so, too. It's a bad indicator. I guess that's where I was going with it. I'm just curious on what uh, Jeb or anybody who pays attention to this stuff... No one else is here yet. Oh, there he is. He's back. Jab, how you doing, man? You here? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, great, great, great. Yeah, I just I I exit out the call and come back in. Maybe that's was it. Oh, no worries. Uh, man. What was I, your question? My question is is with all with with you know with the president touting you know we have the greatest economy it's coming back you know our, our v-shaped economy it's coming back the stock market's doing great uh but yet we have all this disparity we have a job unemployment is up you know is crazy we have small businesses closing people are are they're already start like i i told steve at the beginning of this i can go work i can go work right now for 25 percent of what i was making before uh, so, uh, with all of this going on in our stock market raging, how is it how is it possible that we have such a great economy? And I'm putting air quotes up again. You can't see it, but there they are. How is it possible <laughs> no, I, that we? Me, I understand the great. It, it's because, like you said, the stock market isn't real money. Stock market is legalized gambling. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the real economy. Come on. I'm going to walk you through it. Let's use a little common sense here. Let's do it. Let's say you let's say um you you make your you make you the um the We Speak English the, the company, right? Okay. And um you sell okay, I'm going to sell $50,000 in stocks, right? Mm -hmm. So that I can fund me a studio for the for the um for your We Speak Good, We Speak English, We Speak English Good um studio, right? Right. So you get the $50,000 in, you issue $50,000 of stock, right? Okay. Those people have ownership of fifty thousand dollars worth in your economy, I mean, in your um your business, right? Right. All right. So that was a real investment to you, right? Right. Because they actually invested in you. Right. Now, when they start reselling, it's no longer investment. Now it's a speculation. Okay. Because the next person who takes a certificate, they didn't put the real money in; they just sold it. So it's just going back and forth like that. Okay. So it's just like I I always used to call. Stocks, um, overpriced trading cards. <laughs> do you, do you, uh, do you, are you in the stock market? Do you, uh, trade? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Have you ever? Um, only thing I've had in the stock market is any money I've ever had in a 403B. That's about it. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So you don't, you wouldn't play the stock market or play? No, no. Um, in fact, because I know better, because I know the stock market is just gambling. Right. Right, and, and a lot of people make money from it, and, and you make good money from it. But it's just understanding what it truly is. It isn't truly investing; it's gambling. So then, don't let, don't let anybody lie to you like that. So then, with <laughs> so then, why is it doing so well right now? Why is our it's doing well? Why is our economy or why is our stock market doing well right now? Because the things you have to understand. It says this sounds when poor people lose their homes. Who gets to buy those homes up? The banks. Bank. Yeah. Exactly. So the fact that it's more and more likely that people are going to lose their homes and banks going to be able to buy them for little or nothing, that's a boom to the stock market because that means the company's got a chance to make more profit. The stock market is based on either whether people are going to make good profit or, or have a chance to make good profits. 
But hold on, we're not there it's yet. Not, it's though. not based on reality. But we're not there yet, though. We're not. I mean, people are losing their homes right now, but we're not there yet to that point. But trust me, if they if they once the, if they take off for these moratoriums, right, we're there. Oh yeah, no, totally. But what you're saying, but what you're saying is that the reason why the stock market is doing well is because banks are buying up homes from people losing. No, them. I'm saying they are. But I'm just saying what's going on with them has no. It has no direction what's going on in the real world. The real world, we still got people out here starving, people wondering whether they, wondering if they're going to be able to pay the rent when the rent comes back on. This is the real world. In their world, they're fine because you know how we got the little $1,200 stimulus, right? Mm -hmm. If you got it, right? They yeah. got a whole lot more of that in different loans and grants and stuff. We we talking about maybe, I don't even know how much per capita. I, I actually have to go research how much money um, per capita or, or per employee, basically, any of these big corporations got in that first stimulus p package. I guarantee it's more than $1,200 per. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, totally. I mean, that that, that $1,200 wasn't, what was it? Like, that, for people who live in real cities, that $1,200 probably didn't even cover their rent. You know, I mean, it's, it's... Nope. It, it, it wasn't anything much to it. I, it's just so flabbergasting on how there's so many people touting that we're doing fine, and they keep pointing to it. Like, why do people keep pointing to the stock market if it's not an actual representation of 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 how people are living because it's the easiest thing to do and that we've been programmed to we've been programmed to oh oh the stock market's going up that means the economy is great even if your car's getting repossessed oh the economy looks great because it had, like i said it has no bearing on what happens with real people real people like you and me real people like steve real people like roseanne mm. real people like and then people in this chat, these are real people. The stock market doesn't affect us. Right. The real world affects us. The real world says that we, there's not enough jobs, and then the jobs that are here don't pay enough, and that the rent is too high, and that we live in paycheck to paycheck, and that if anything else happens in this economy, we're, we're going to either be homeless, carless, or or be so, so much into despair that we're going to actually wonder if we should commit suicide in it all which is happening which i mean is already happening drug abuse exactly suicide um, domestic abuse it's all up it's exactly. all and it's all interchanged it's all intertwined with you know not having money not being unsure um with all this uncertainty where do you think the economy is headed personally if it's doing so well right now and it's on its way back up um, do you, do you see it just getting back to normal as they're saying that it's going to be from, from, from the high, I see, see things and, mm -hmm. and the way everything's flowing and everything, unless they make some humongous stimulus bill to deal with the moratorium on, 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 on rent, on evictions and stuff like that, this economy is going to go kerplunk. Mm. If they if they take those moratoriums out without a stimulus, yeah, it's going to go. It's going to be the two thousand eight crisis times three. I'm just going to let you know that right now, because everybody that's in the home who haven't been able to pay their mortgage, and then all of a sudden they're going to have eight mortgage payments up coming up right then with no help. The economy is going to go down because it's going to be so many homes that's going to hit the banks that it's really going to affect the banks' bottom line. 
and then they, next day you come in, they're gonna they're gonna say, "Oh, the bank's too big to fail," and give them a bunch of money while they still take the homes from the people and won't keep people at home. So that's what's gonna happen. What's gonna happen is it's gonna be a big hit. They're gonna pass a bill not to keep people at home, but to keep the banks afloat, and then somebody else is gonna end up owning them homes and make a huge tremendous profit on it. That's not a guess because that's exactly what happened in two thousand. Eight in 2009 it's just history repeating itself you know and uh, i gotta say i'm gonna be one of those assholes who are gonna buy one of those houses that <laughs> off the backs of those crying that crying family uh <laughs> which i'm not not to say i'm not proud of that by the way but you know the way it sounds is that if i just hold off because i'm looking for to buy a house if maybe i just hold off until what march april or something that maybe i can get a good deal i don't know uh which sounds awful guys but it's it's horribly true um i'm, I'm it's just what so do you think that so you think that in, if they don't do something about uh, uh, uh if they don't give another stimulus if they don't if they don't do anything about it you think this is where it's headed we're, we're gonna hit yeah, it, yeah. It, it's going to go care plump there's no there's no other place for it to go. It was just like during the subprime lemon crisis. But why do they keep saying that's going to keep growing then? But why would they keep telling us that it's going to keep growing and growing? Because that's what they want us to believe. You have to remember, TV is a method of control. The stuff they say on MSNBC, the stuff they say on CNBC, the stuff they say on Fox News, stuff they say on Fox Bitten, stuff they say on CNN, stuff they say on Bloomberg, is all stuff to keep us under their thumb. They're going to tell us what they want us to hear, not the truth. Yeah. Um, this, it, it, you know, I was hearing, um, I heard something about the banks right now are actually um, stashing money right now. That they're actually putting billions aside. Um, and, and, you know, like uh, people are saying, people are speculating that they're putting money aside to make huge investments they're actually putting money they're they're actually saving money or, or putting money aside for the impending doom of this economy so they can come through like vultures and and and, and pick the carcasses of the american people um that that seems that seems more and more the case um I don't know, man. Do you uh, do you do you think that either one of these candidates we have before us that are presented to us? Do you think either one of these people can handle what's coming? You already know the answer to that question. <laughs> Sorry, but no, I don't. Though I don't. That's but that's what Absolutely I used to think too. Not. That's what because I used to... they're because it's in their best interest not to have the answer. Yeah. Um, and why is that in their best interest? Because they're going to make a ton of money, and the donors are going to make a ton of money off of it. Why not? Every time we see, like I said, other than the Great Depression, every time you see a big crisis since that point, is all a way to move wealth from the lower set, from the lower, the lower set, just like the poor and the working class, and move those real assets, not money, real assets like homes and cars and land, move them from our hands into their hands. Mm -hmm. It's the way the system works. Yeah. Um, the, 
yeah, well, someone brought up the point in chat right now that uh, we weren't that. I guess they're making a point that uh, we weren't in a recession level before the pandemic, and that this recession is because of the pandemic. And I guess they're making the the case for um, that this is just because of the pandemic. And once everything, you know, once we got the the vaccine by the end of October. <laughs> that uh, everything's going to go back to normal because there we weren't at a recession level before the pandemic, whereas in 2008 it was something sort of leading up to it before it crashed. I, I disagree totally. I think we were already at this level. It was just basically we, we were held up by by sticks and straws, mm. and this virus just put took, took the sticks and straw out from underneath us. Mm. Because if we're looking at if we're looking at it. And this is how, this is a, one of the great predictors for when you're going to have a humongous economic crisis. Look at the wealth disparity. If you look during the 1920s, the late 1920s, the wealth disparity in the United States was humongous. And when money gets up, when all the money and the and the everything goes up to the top and there's nothing at the bottom, um, eventually the economy collapses. It's just like you expect the. Um, your your five or six year old to hold up a couple three hundred pound guys, it doesn't work like that. So mm-hmm. eventually the economy crashes because the little guy can't support the big guys that have them been fat for so long. Our economy now, even before the pandemic, the wealth inequality was getting I'm um, getting to those same levels back then. So at that point, we know the economy is going to crash. This just makes the crash happen faster. Mm. Yeah, that's that's what I was reading too. I was reading that there was um that there was um there was already a problem before, you know, before the the pandemic hit. It was already we were already on our way to another crash, but uh it just this accelerated it this whole pandemic. Um do you are you one of those people who think that this pandemic is going to clear up after uh after the elections? I'm a healthcare worker. I'd know better than that. Well, I was just curious because someone someone mentioned it in the chat. There's a no. lot of talk about that. There's, well, there's a lot of talk, and even in some yeah, because people fall in. Here's the thing: <clears throat> a lot of times people know that something's not right, but then they pinpoint the wrong thing that's not right. In fact, the the um, establishment actually works to do that, and they make these perfectly plausible conspiracies that makes them not um liable for what really happened yeah so if you like in some of these bigger conspiracy theory sites you'll find out they have big funding from somebody that you don't know about or, or you didn't know really what's happened from them like look at the guy who um funds the proud boys um mcginnis yeah uh what did mcginnis do um, no, I'm saying he's the guy who funds the problem. Oh, he oh, created oh, the problem. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, okay, okay. I thought you were, I thought he did something specific and okay, he did, but all no, right. he helped create him. <laughs> he helped. So I'm saying you, you have to look you have to look at it. Every, I hate to say it, I hate to sound like the matrix all the time, but everything we see is a method of control. Mm-hmm. It sounds sucky, it sounds horrible, but it's just the truth. No, you're absolutely right because whether it's controlling the way we feel about ourselves and our body image and, and or or it, it control it to where to eat for the evening or who to vote for or or um to stay subservient 
in in other ways. Um, yeah, no, I buy that completely, and I don't think that's a conspiracy. I mean, that's pretty obvious. I mean, advertisement is a form of some kind of mind control, or at least suggestion. You know? Absolutely. Uh, especially the way they do it now, my God! It's like they have all like the 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 data mining. <laughs> it's like now it's just like it's crazy. Yeah, man. I know it's crazy. You know what's so interesting? Like you know, like Google and a lot of these tech companies and Facebook, they provide a service that doesn't cost you anything. But somebody, some wise person said, if they if somebody ever gives you something. And it doesn't cost it doesn't cost you anything. It's because you are the product. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, people were. Um, I've been talking about Wake the Beast, who is uh, one of my. This, he's a he's a, someone I'm having on on Sunday, who is a very interesting person. Very interesting. Um, he he's a black dude who, um, who who's a Trump supporter who. Um, who makes a very good case for Trump, and um, you know, and, and even for me to say that feels stupid, right? Like he's a black dude yeah, who's a Trump no supporter because who gives a shit? But who does give a shit if he's a black dude who's a Trump supporter? You know, there there's people who do give a shit that he's a Trump supporter. I don't give a hey. shit. Go ahead. No, because because it, it makes it makes them look more plausible. Like, hey, look. Even, even this black guy believes in Trump. Hmm. It's like it's like token black guy in anything. Well, I just hope I'm, I just hope nobody views me as the token black guy who likes MMT. But then again, <laughs> I know. But then again, I know black professors who are part of the community, mm. so that that makes me feel a little better. <laughs> well, well, in fact, they, they, they actually done some very good work. Um, professors, um, um, Sandy Darity and Derek Hamilton, mm. they've actually done a lot of good work, work and um, actually some of their books they've written are also on our, our, our RP bookshelf as well. Mm -hmm. The but Oh, go ahead. Well, well I mean, you know, it, it's just interesting that, um, you know, that there are, that it's almost wrong for black people to vote for Trump. And I guess that's where I'm getting at is that not for me, not in my perspective. That's not how I feel. But there is this um, there is this um, this notion, right, that if you're a black person who's voting for Trump, that you're sort of selling out. And I was doing that to I'm Mexican and I was talking shit to my Mexican friends. I was like, you're a race traitor. Fuck you. How can you how can you vote for somebody who's who's blatantly talking shit about our people? And, you know, uh, but but. I've, I've changed my standings on that because it's not, first of all, it's not my business. And first of all, who am I yeah. to... Hey, you vote for who you want to vote for. Exactly. But I'm going to educate you on this here. Please, please do. Between Biden between Biden and Trump, there is nothing worth voting for either one. <laughs> they, I'm polite, it's here. If you really, if you, if you take off the, I'm polite, it's here. If you took off Joe Biden's face and put it on Trump's body, and you took off Trump's face and put it on Biden's body, and put them in this and just switched around their positions, right? And made Trump the senator and made Joe Biden the the, the um the, the rich the rich guy who's who's too handsy with women. Yeah. Then you could pretty much say they were the same person. You wouldn't know the difference. The only difference is that Trump Trump is not polite, Biden is. But at the end of the day they both screw you. Yeah. They're both pretty much, and you know, like uh, another reason why I brought up Wake the Beast, uh, not just because he's a black dude voting for Trump, but because he has such an odd perspective on, on power and how um, 
He's just like, why is it surprising to people that um, that these men are trying to uh, better themselves and better their friends and make as much money and and create as much power for them and their friends? Is like, why is that such a surprise for people when that's exactly what they do? I mean, that's what it's always been about. And maybe I'm getting that wrong. Maybe I'm getting that whole well, concept wrong. But well, I but understand me, where you're coming from. But a this is from him. This is way. not me. This is not me. And, I know, but I'm saying I understand where he's coming from because mm-hmm. a lot of people feel that way. And those are people that tend to generally care about only themselves and others in their particular circle, like, you know, their, their families, their friends or whatever. They don't truly care about the society as a whole they only care about what they can get which is just just like um most of the rich people is they have a term for those kind of people they call them sociopaths and psychopaths <laughs> Damn. you know sometimes i wonder with wake no i love wake I, i'm not even shit talking but he will say some real dark shit sometimes <laughs> he'll look you right stuff. in the camera and hey, say some me. dark shit I, I've talked to I've talked to I've talked to black Trump supporters before. I've seen Candace on going on crazy on, on on different things. I know all the lines they're going to use, and I can almost quote them, quote them verbatim. They just don't work with me because you cannot tell me that because the Democrats suck so bad, which they do. Yeah, that that's a reason to support a Republican because at the end of the day, the Republicans suck so bad. Why should you vote Democrat? Um, no. Well, we figure this out. They both suck so bad, so let's figure out something else to do. Because at the, at the beginning of the day, if you look at these donors and who they donate to, they donate, they donate to both Democrats and Republicans together. Yeah. Yeah. They'll finance two guys. They'll finance people in the same race, and the same people can give them money. And it happens so many times. So it has nothing to do with Democrat or Republican. I personally believe that we we live in a one party state. And you have a Democratic ring and a Republican ring. The Democratic wing isn't too Democratic, and the Republican wing doesn't care anything about the Republic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, man. No, you're right. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I, I believe that both of these parties... Like, what, what's, so, what's so weird is, for me, that I don't understand about this game. I don't get the game. Like, who is... Is it really about ideology? Really, is it that that keeps these two parties from being ineffective and 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 just you know fighting and at each other? So, is it really ideology? What what's 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 no, creating no, this? Let, or or is there? Let, a, okay, please. Let, let, me back, let me go back to what you just said. Uh, that please. keeps the two parties fighting amongst each other. They don't really fight. Yeah. If you go back and you look at pictures and you see these people at parties together, they ha 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 laughing up. These people are truly enemies. They want to be hanging out with each other on their own free time. They're not. It's just like um, you remember you ever used to watch um, Wiley Coyote cartoons? Yes. You ever remember it was him and that dog? Yes. And the Wiley Coyote, you know, they they was good buddies, and then once they punched the clock, Wiley Coyote would be trying to, to steal trying to catch something and the dog will be there beat them up right right and he'll right. be going back and forth right. but then as soon as five o'clock wins he's like Whoo! they go back they punch out and they good buddies again it's just the game <laughs> meep meep yeah i i missed this before but hate the human race uh jab for president 2024 <laughs> i just um uh, <laughs> That, yeah, it's almost like uh, like professional wrestling. I think I think this this gets this analogy oh, it's gets very scripted. You know, very scripted. 
It, it's in it, like the fact that the fact that it's like professional wrestling and the fact that our president or the president is uh is it used to be a, a regular on WWE. And he, in fact, he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. He's. <laughs> I know that. I, hey, I watch wrestling enough in my life to know that. So hey, I like wrestling too. I like. I well, I used to like wrestling a lot. I mean, I. I mean, back in the day when. Okay, you can't tell me when Hulk Hogan switched over to NWO it, back in the WCW days. Now that wasn't like what, like oh my god, like what the fuck, like like I, I, like. Hey, it, it was. When he did that, it was almost like when Clayton Bixby took off his mask and showed that he was a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, then, and then look what happened. But then look what happened to Hulk Hogan at the end. I mean, in real life, too. You know, it just sort of all oh, talk about taking off the mask and uh, the hood. Yeah, um, so that basically what we have to look at. What the, the sad thing here in America is that. It's not that the rich people took away all our power or the, the wealthy, the whatever you want to call them, the elites or the 1%. It's that we fell for lies so long that we gave away all our power. Yeah. Lies like racism, like believing that you that you better than me because I have, because you have less melanin than I have. <laughs> yeah. That's dumb. That's very dumb. It's a very Come dumb. On. That's like believing a man is better than a woman because they got they got different sex organs than we have. Uh, uh, no, right. Or, or believing that America is better than other countries because we think we're better. <laughs> Wrong. Well, I mean, it's Look just at the statistics. Exactly. America rates like in the 30s in a lot of the key statistics for for the world. Like all the is like all the other industrialized countries that done got um free free health care for all they don't got they don't took they they don't call charge for education like I actually heard like um some people that don't went overseas right that let's say they went to UK right and they fell and broke their foot mm. the only bill they got was for parking. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, man. Or, or, or like you in the you in the military in, in Germany, and you decide to go to a four year and get your four year degree. The only bill you get nothing, basically. I'm saying these other countries have figured it out. Right now, here's the excuse that they're gonna say. The excuse they're gonna say is, well, they could do that like that in their country because all of their country are like the same, the same um, nationality or the same whatever. No, that's a cop out. We can do the same things here if we ever get our minds wrapped around the idea of we're not different. We are the same. We all have the same problems. Um, there's something called being I'm in healthcare. There's something called um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs that they talk about. Mm. Like that if you can't get by um, the lowest level of needs, which is like food, shelter, safety, sex, those are the lowest level run of needs. That as long, as long as you can't achieve just those low level needs, you can't advance into the next level. Yeah. So if you think about it, that's they use that against us. Like so, they they make it hard for us to get. They make it hard for us to have shelter. They make it hard for us to have food. They make it hard for us to feel safe. So we can never actually start thinking of the bigger ideals. Because once we get together, we think about the bigger ideals and advance past. You know, as Freud would say, dealing with the stuff that the id deals with, right? Then we, 
then we are a bit dangerous to them because now we now we have time to think. So that's why they keep us working jobs, running the rat race. So we never have time to think about how they're screwing us rurally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, shit, man. Um, you're talking about statistics and how, you know, people want to ignore, you know, like, for instance, um, statistics saying that America is number one when really, you know, our... What, what statistics is America number one in other than... Um, most people, most people in prison in the world. That's the only thing I know. America's the number most, one right now. Most cases of COVID. It's like we're the oh, best. Oh, oh. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I was hoping that was the only thing. I was hoping that the prison population was the only thing we was number one in. That would make me feel just a teensy weensy bit better. Number one in debt. Well, you hate the human race. You missed it. But we talked about debt and how MMT is sort of would eliminate. Oh, whoa, MTV. let me stop on debt. I want I want to answer that one. Please okay. go ahead. If you go look at the world, right, all around the world, not just kind of the United States. Supposedly we in maybe six hundred trillion dollars in debt all around the world, right? Mm. Who do we owe that debt to? Jupiter, <laughs> Mars, Mercury, Pluto. I don't Alpha know. Centauri. Um, the drama of the galaxy. <laughs> no, we owe it to each other, you dumbasses. It's all good. It's oh, all forgive good. Me. It's all good. We owe it to each other. Mm. That just tells you there's no such thing as that. That is just a, just like money. It's just an ideal, a measuring tool. So that you in such a money amount of dollars of debt, that means that the measuring tool says that this amount of money you need to give back to this person. That's all it means. So the whole world can't be de- in debt at the same time. Somebody's on top. Somebody's in the in the um, in the black. Everybody can't be in the red, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, so, that's go ahead, please. So I'm saying that's why that's why I made that 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 sort of ridiculous statement, which is ridiculous. Who do we owe? If, if the six hundred and something trillion dollars in debt, the whole world is into. Who do we owe it to? We owe it to somebody outside of this world. Well, and it, 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 like the thing is, is like, I don't even know that. Much. I don't know enough about the economy to to to. I know you don't, but just <laughs> but just think of the idea. Uh-huh. Basically, Earth is a closed system. We're not we're not trading with no other worlds, right? right? At least <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get that. So, so it's a closed system. So right. how? At, at the end of the day, and, and this is what a lot of the MMT economists talk about. They talk about the the double sided ledger of accounting, right? Like, I, don't, I don't know if you know anything about accounting at all, but basically it says this here. If if you look at a ledger and one person has a liability, it's an asset to another person. Mm. Because think about it. If you have, if I if I owe if I if I owe you a, if I give you a hundred dollars, right? Yeah. Now you owe me a hundred dollars, right? Yeah. And and so I basically I'm I'm owning. Um, you you're in debt to me right then, right? Right. But if you satisfy the debt, the money only moved between me and you, right? Right. There was no new money created or destroyed, right? Right. But even so, that means that anything that happens is just going back and forth. So like, you can look at. Um, we often talk about in MMT. They talk about the um the sectors. They talk about the private sector, the public sector, and the foreign sector, right? Okay. And at the end of the day, all it has to add up to zero, right? Okay. So, like, you know, the federal government is, let's say, okay, all right, let's say that the economy is in um, in debt 
400 to 400 billion dollars to china right right so if if the united states government runs a balanced budget that means that there's 400 billion dollars that left the economy right okay yeah right because china now has it we don't have we don't have it anymore right so that means that in order order to keep the economy going at the same pace as long as we're in as long as we're running a deficit a trade deficit that the federal government has to run a run a deficit to make up for that otherwise otherwise the private economy starts losing money and we and you start to get you know problems associated with that like unemployment mm. um <clears throat> What, uh, what is it? <laughs> that makes the feds equal glorified accountants? Well, that that so what you're saying because oh, there you go, there hallelujah. You go. That that's from that's Chris. That's from Chris. They are, yep, that's exactly right. Well, then again, she knows what I know, so that's how she knows. <laughs> but, but but that's but that's because because you're talking about the Fed is is a different entity than the United States government. Uh, no, it's not really. Okay. The Fed is the the Fed is the United States Bank. Right. Same, plain and simple. Right. If you look at if you look Wait, at so the Fed, so is the Fed, Fed not a, a private corporation? Is that a lie? Uh, not really. It, what it is is, a, and this is what they try to say: every bank that every bank that's a national bank has to purchase stock into the federal, you know, into the Federal Reserve into a. a a particular Federal Reserve, right? Bank, right? Mm. You know, it's, it's several of them around the nation, right? Yeah. But with that stock, it does nothing. You can't, they don't get to make those extra decisions because of how much they have in. They don't get to sell it or nothing like that. It's basically to say, hey, you got skin in the game. Mm. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So when you look at that, all the decisions that are made, you know, like the Board of Governors, the Board of Governors to the Federal Reserve are appointed by the, by the president, right? Okay. And Congress can change the federal the Federal Reserve's charter at any time. Because Congress the one is, is the one who created it. Right. They pa they passed the bill and created it. Just like back in the day the Constitution made the Treasury. And mm -hmm. the Fed and the Treasury, you know, work together very well. So we well, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna, if everybody thinks the Federal Reserve is so powerful, I want you to grab you have a dollar bill in your hand right now? No. Walking up close to one? Um, I can be kind of no. Okay. I can look at look, it on, look up on the screen. Put a copy of a, a dollar bill on the screen, right? The front of it. All right. All right. Do you see the signature of the of, of, of anybody on the Federal Reserve on any bills? Just look at it. Okay, I got a dollar. I got an actual dollar in my hand. Okay. So. Now highlight. Now look at look at look on your, look in your hand and look to see if you see a signature from the tr the Federal Reserve on that dollar. Anywhere. Steven Mnuchin, right there. Steven T. Mnuchin. Oh, yeah, and what is his position? Secretary of Treasury. Uh-huh. Um, and then you see another signature of the actual treasurer, right? Uh, you don't see no Federal Reserve signature on that bill. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> but corporations are people. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was... So I'm just trying to show you who really has the power over the fed <laughs> mm -hmm. i got you so the, so the fed, the fed is basically the treasurer's um bottom bottom chick for a better, better way to say it. <laughs> oh shit 
All right. Well, well, thank you for that. I, I appreciate so, that. Even though in the back of it says Federal Reserve note, but nobody on the Federal Reserve gets to sign the note. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it, it, I, I really like the idea that we could do this. And, and, and I really like the idea of, you know, because there's, there's so many problems. I, I think, you know, in my personal opinion, it, it, that I, I, what I'm discerning here is that a lot of these problems, you know, with race and, and, and inequality and stuff stems from not having access to resources. Do you, do you think that's correct? Am I correct on that? It, it's just not. I have no arguments there. I don't argue there. And Keep going. And so that, <laughs> so if we were just able to sort of fund these sort of projects that we would start to have real equality if we we're able to lift uh, a certain sect of people out of out of out of the gutter basically i mean yeah, um, yeah and it's not even the word we're looking for equality at this point we're looking for the word equity equity because equality it means like somebody i always look think about this meme i seen like mm. equality is like let's say you have three kids right yeah and they're different heights and they're at the baseball game but none of them can see over the fit i mean they, they're not at the baseball game but they're right outside the stadium and there's a fence that's blocking them from seeing what's happening. Equality is giving each person the same size box, right? Mm. So now the tallest person can see all the fences to see the game. The next person, they can barely see anything in the game. And the shortest one, they can't see the game at all. Yeah. Equity would be like the tallest person, we give them a shorter box so they can still see over. The next person, we give them a slightly bigger box so they can see over. And then we give a really big box to the shortest person so they can see over. That's mm -hmm. equity. I see. And I mean, it, it's just it's 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 really, I mean, mind blowing to think that this this could be something that we could eliminate, that this could be. I mean, and, and you know, like the idea that they that people just don't want that people in power don't want this to happen because because of why? Because they they want to maintain power. Correct. That's that's the assumption. Yeah, here. because they. Because they want it to be a zero-sum game. Because mm -hmm. they know as long as it's a zero-sum game, they can make themselves win and make everybody else losers. If everybody understood that it was not a zero-sum game, that we can all win, some might win a little more than others, but none of us will have to be in poverty, then they'll lose their power because then we will stop listening to them. Yeah. And we'll start listening to each other. It's like, hey, instead of saying like, hey, you, you, you try to get more welfare, we'd be like, hey, 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 I see you need. I see you need help. Something. So yeah, I'm gonna vote for this here to help you out because I know when, when it helps you out, it's gonna help everybody else out around you. Right. Well, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, and and you know, and like Kristen uh, brought up uh, socialism. You know, because because you know, you're kind of talking. You're you're bordering the lines of socialism here, right? We're we're trying to uh, spread it, it, it no, out. Like, and please go. Like ahead. I tell people, it's not about whatever ism. Yeah, it's about. What what helps the people? Right. It's, it's so. Do you, if you think people being in poverty helps people, helps the rest of society that you see people that you ride by every day, you see people living on the streets. Do you think that helps out helps out people to see people homeless? I don't think so. You tell me. Uh, if you lift them out, someone will just fill the place. It's capitalism. Uh, it doesn't, but. It is the way. Well, I'm not is. talking about the isms. I'm talking about treating people right. Yeah, you can call it whatever you want to call it. Well, it, I'm well the reason why I brought up socialism is because you know 
there's such a, a bad look at socialism, right? In this, uh, but we have, but we have to understand what socialism means. Socialism, by definition, means control of the means of production by society. Mm-hmm. We're not even talking about socialism. We're really talking about more basically what, what you call um, "quote unquote" democratic socialism, where you have just so we have more socialization that we're looking to help out the bottom sectors, but. What we're asking for is not for the people to have control over everything. We're just asking that we take care of the people. We have have more compassion in our society. I don't see nothing wrong with that. Right. Do you? Oh, no. not. I mean, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, you know, it, it's the the reason why I even went there is because people look at socialism in a, in a negative lens. But... Um, you know, obviously, we have the fire department, we have Social Security, and also we have socialism for 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 the rich, for for these companies who are. Hey, hold current, on, hold oh, on. please go Martin, ahead. Hey, Martin Luther King had a quote about that. He okay. said, "In America, we have socialism for the rich mm. and record individualism for the poor." Yes. Yes, exactly. And that's exactly right. Because right. I'm, and this is what I'm, I'm going to give you an example of it. Let's take the pharmaceutical companies, right? Okay. They get socialism all the time. The United, not only the United States government, but state governments help fund universities. They help, they help develop drugs, right? Mm. We don't get, we don't get the profits back from it. Right. They get the the, um, the pharmaceutical companies are getting the profits and spending it how they want to, or giving it to their CEOs or their stockholders, right? Right. But the second something goes wrong with this pharmaceutical company and they need help, we're, we're there to help them out so that they don't go belly up. So we socialize the, we basically socialize the losses and we privatize the profits. And when you keep doing that, you'll notice that the bottom rung of any society keeps going lower and lower and the riches keep getting richer and richer because everything they do, they can't ever lose. Because if we so if we keep socializing their risk, they can do whatever they want to, and they always going to stay at least at the level they have. And anytime something good happens, they get to keep all that they get. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it just more and more. It just always seems to be it's the haves and the have-nots. Uh, it just seems that always has been. And and yeah, I mean, when you just boil it down to it. Um, is there is there a time in history where something like MMT has been put in place where it actually worked? Is there anything that we well, can well, point to? First off, first off, we understand that MMT is not a, a regime that you put in place. Right, MMT I understand. Is just okay. so sh- is it's just currency analysis. Uh-huh. It not gotcha. only tells you what happens in a country like us that has that has a sovereign fiat currency. Mm. It also tells you what happens in a country that doesn't have the same amount of um, currency um, sovereignty yeah. and what they have to do to get there. In fact, um, there's a professor um, for Denison University uh, who's a good friend of Real Progressive. His name is Dr. Fado Kaboob, right? And he talked, and we actually did a national outreach call where he talked for about two hours on what can be done to help out these lo- these smaller countries get monetary sovereignty. Mm-hmm. So even when in those cases, there's ways of doing things. So MMT just is gotcha the policies we are talking about are based on understanding that the dangers that we think of of quote unquote printing more money aren't what you think 
Okay, well, but then is there any cases in history that we can point to where just um, using MMT as analysis and, and using that as a way to dictate policy, has there been... New deal. That's the new deal? The new deal? Like the... the, the Think about how much money was spent during the new deal. Okay. Tons. Yeah. And, and, I, I, I can't even think about the number. And, and it didn't cause any inflation. And you know what happened though? Mm-hmm. As they got through it half the way, Congress got start getting really like worried or whatever, right? Yeah. And eventually, they cut down on some of it, and we end up going back into another recession during the depression oh. because they tried to cut down too fast. Ah. But then by the time by the time that happened, we didn't go through it too long before World War Two kicked up, and then. It, wars are always the biggest show of MMT because once a war starts, nobody talks about it. In fact, it, nobody talks about how much money we need to spend here or there. But there's a lot of MMT things that happen. Check this out. When, during World War II, once, you know, everybody's employed, right? Mm. So then they start issuing out victory bonds. Okay. Those victory bonds weren't to, weren't to oh, you know, get more money for the government to spend. No. The money was already created by the government. What the victory bonds were, there were ways to take money out of flows and put them into a stock so that the economy didn't overheat and have inflation. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's, um, you know, with, um, there's several different ideas of how we sort of get out of this and sort of how we, um, or I guess get out of this situation because of, uh, of well, because of the uh, oncoming uh, technological, uh, what, what would you call it? The technology is going to take our jobs. I don't know how to say it, right? Like there's this, uh, how do you say Automation. Yeah. Automation is, is coming. Automation is going to take our jobs. You know, you, know how many, you know how many times they said that in, US, in, in, um, in the history of man? They always say that. Oh. And, it, and it does take that particular job. Yes, mm-hmm. it does. But every time it takes one job, another, a different job is created. So... Once we didn't need everybody to work farms, did all those people become unemployed and never got employed again? No. We started doing things more in cities. Mm. Or, or, or we had, or we started doing things like, okay, yeah, now we got a tractor that does the work work of, of 15 horses and 10 men, right? And all one guy has to do is ride around the tractor. But then you need a tractor mechanic. Then you need people to meet, make the tractors. Mm. So it always worked. It always something changes. And there's always some job that's created. So let's say we didn't have to do, build anything, right? Then mm-hmm. we can spend we all our jobs would be taking care of each other, mm-hmm. spending more time with each other. You know, now, um, but like but, like you can't automate most healthcare. Most things in healthcare you can't automate because you just the way healthcare works. But they will and be plus, able to. I don't think that, I don't think a machine had. I don't think they can program compassion into a machine yet. No, but but they will be able to uh, create a machine that will be so precise in surgical cutting and stuff that it would be almost yeah, but, insane but not to though, have it. But Kurt, but here's the thing about the human body and everything related to humans. Mm. No one thing is alike. Right. Everything's different. You open up a person, somebody hard can be here in one spot, another place can be there, or their vessels can be this way, they can be sometimes people's heart on the on the right side of their chest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all kind of stuff that happens when you're dealing with human beings. Yeah. There's so Chaos, many variables. Random, yeah, variables. Yes, there's so many variables that you can never recreate the 
the, the power of the human brain. The human brain is the big, the best computer ever created. I mean, I, you know, I think we can say that, but I think we are actively working towards that goal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can keep even, saying even we can happens, keep saying that we'll never be able. To, okay, go ahead. Okay, so let's say even if automation happened completely, right? Mm -hmm. Do we want automation to happen on the system? Well, whoever controls the means of production gets all the profit. Then, we'll, do we, then in that case, we'll all become techno serfs. Or do we want it under a system where we take care of each other? Which in that case, we all end up taking care of each other and we can live a life of, of leisure and luxury, relatively speaking. Well, do you so think... So that's what, just looking at the system. It, I'll like say, we, we can go under any system of things, but it all matters how we treat the next person in that system. Mm -hmm. Because we can, have, we can have the greatest system in the world of things with the perfect automation, but if we treat each other like crap, then the people at the top are going to have all the benefits, and the people on the bottom ain't going to reap any benefits. Yeah, and 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 I see that argument of you know automation. Like we can go back, like we can go back. The reason why I used even use the word techno surf mm. is because let's go back to feudalism, because that's the same thing that happened back then. The the nobles controlled all the property. Up to the point that anybody that was working on their property was basically their property as well. Mm. And the serfs, only thing they could do is is um, grow stuff for the nobles, and they had a little plot of land that they could have for themselves and barely eke out a meager existence. Right. That's the same thing that's going to happen under quote-unquote automation if we ever get to that point of automation, but we don't change how we think about each other. Right. Right. So, so that's that's. I, I guess that's the thing is. You know, how do you get everyone to sort of get on the same page when there's so much to disagree about? Finding common ground. We all have we all have a lot of common ground. If you cut us, we bleed red blood. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's true. I mean, that's and that's still true now. Why can't we just see it now? Human nature. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm just gonna try to tell you. Human nature wants us to be stratified so that we can look at. We uh, say this out. Human nature wants us to be able to say we up here and somebody else is down here. Mm. Yeah, hierarchy. That's the part of human nature we need to kick the hierarchy, and that's what Steve was talking about the gap earlier. So, do you think hierarchy is is not necessary for for humans? Huh? Do you think the idea of hierarchies is not necessary uh, part of being human? It doesn't have to be. Um, in, um, so, I mean, in my mind, when you're saying that hierarchy doesn't have to be about human, about doesn't have to be about being a part of human, it just is sort of saying like we don't need to be ruled, we don't need to have laws, we don't because we should be able to sort of do this on our own accord right like we have our own do you see what i'm saying or did i just did i did i lose the audience i think i lost are you there oh no this is just our this this is this has just been our whole thing 
uh, educate people so we can all make better decisions as a collective. Pick your community, real freedom. Yeah, I like that. And I like that jobs guarantee thing. I, I really like the idea of job guarantee. I really like the idea. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. I can. I, I, yeah, I just drop. I, I get, whenever it ends up like that, I just hop out of the voice call and come back in, and it comes back in. So. Perfect, perfect. Well, I'm glad we figured out that 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 fix. Um, I totally forgot what I even asked you before we lost you. So, oh well. <laughs> uh, unless you remember, but um, um, it was like I guess it was about human nature, something along the lines of oh, human nature. About oh well, I mean, why I, can't we? Why can't we get together? <laughs> yeah, I mean, why can't we do it now? Uh, you know, I mean, we're seeing the bigger picture. It's just, I want to believe that. I want to believe that we have good in us and that, that we can see past these differences and find a common ground to reach these uh, new levels of existence for humanity. Um, but it's but it's like, I, I don't know if, I don't know if it's possible to take, you know, hate out of the human heart you know what i mean like you know not even hate just just that just that selfishness that dark yeah. yeah that darkness yeah, but that, that exists but now you're talking this. more of about on, on more of a religious point of view that's a whole maybe. other that's a whole another topic <laughs> i mean maybe i mean you don't have to be a spirit, religious a religious spirit of you well you don't have to be religious to be a good person but i mean you do no, have to have some kind of moral ground yeah you have to have some kind of more high some kind of more high ground that guides you Mm -hmm. and, that, and unfortunately, here in America, the rich don't have that. That's why I said they're social. Most rich people, to be a billionaire, you basically have to be a sociopath. Yeah. Because you have to, to become a billionaire, you have to trip. You have to find some way to extract the labor of another person to a point that you can make that much money. Because think about, and this is why I say, think about this here. Let's say if you made a hundred, if you made a hundred dollars, it was a way, like, basically like this here. Let's say you are made you made a million dollars a year, right? Mm -hmm. And every year you got a million dollars in, you didn't spend a dime of it, right? right? How many years would it take you to become a billionaire? Um, uh, uh, ten? I, I don't know. Wait, is it? A thousand. A thousand years. It'll take you a thousand <laughs> years of making, a, of making a million dollars a year to become a billionaire. So that lets you know that that lets you know now that to make that much money. Becoming a billionaire in five, four, five, six years, that you really have to stretch a lot of labor from a lot of people to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Uh, the, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's. I mean, like it, it to me, it feels like that idea of altruism, and 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 I don't want to say it's an impossible feat, and I don't want to be that defeatist kind of mentality because we have, as a people, as as a human race, overcome some incredible feats. But it's like, how do you how do you make that happen without some horrible, large, like, uh, catastrophic event, or you know, without you know, like, how do you how do you show people how to find a common ground, especially now when we're in this most divided. Uh, the most divided times of our lives, you know, like how how do you show people the common ground? Well, well, here at Real Progressives, we have a line. It's called "Each One Teach One." So that's what we do. We we try to teach teach one person about how the system works and how we can change the system. Mm -hmm. it, once we understand that, you have to. It, it goes back to what I was talking about with Maslow, right? Once we can reach, get rid of our basic needs, then we can understand 
the things higher. So if we can create an economy that eliminates poverty as we know it and gives people, it gives people a chance to really think and ponder and understand stuff, then perhaps we can get to a level where we don't see the divisions and we can become more together. Because we came together before in tragedies. We've seen how we came together in war wars. We've seen how the people of New York came together after 9-11. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, but, but that's a catastrophic... A yeah, exactly. How do you do it without a tragedy? How do you do it without... Now, here's my answer. My answer to that would be it. It's, we myth. have tragedies every day. Why don't we just do it? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I think Kristen uh, made a good point. It's like, end the myth. I mean, if you if you took the lies out of it. Because cause right now, the way I see it is that the media, our leaders, every uh, fucking people, protesters, fucking... Everybody, white surprise. All of everyone has a fucking line for every. Like everyone has a, a line and a lie for everything, right? Like everyone's talking shit. Everyone's uh, making shit up. Everyone, every side has it, it will 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 um, will exacerbate a situation to make it fit their narrative. If everyone is is yelling and screaming and lying, how do you know where to stand? How, how do you? I mean, where if. Who's right if everyone's wrong, basically? You know, like, uh, how do I, I just... Well, that, go ahead. Well, taking the, progressive, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying... We, we want to be true north. Where we, uh, right. well, once we understand what the truth is, that we can act on it. Mm. Yeah. I, and I look at it from a real progressive point. I also look at it from being personally, um, being a Christian myself. Mm. That I believe that people have good in them, that they can do the good things. But it's understanding that none of us is better than the other. Right. And that we all have fallen short some way or another, and we all need help. From the richest person to the, the person living on a cardboard box. Yeah. Once we understand that we're all in this together, that w- the human race is not just seven trillion people, but one organism all across the world, that when one person hurts, we all hurt. Then we're in a position to make some real change. Yeah. That's great, man. I, I think that's a great way to, to end this. That's a great way to end this. Everyone, Jeb, Jeb, thank you so much for stepping in for Steve. Steve did end up getting back to me. Uh, he said that his power died and everything went down. Oh, Lord. So he uh, got back to me. I told him he could jump on, but uh, the wife got home. And he, so that was the end of that. So Steve will not be joining us again. <laughs> but Jeb, thank you so much for jumping in and, and sort of... Yeah, rescuing our, our our discussion because I would have just played my melodica and signed off, but I was able to. <laughs> we were able to talk about a lot of cool shit, man. A, a lot of cool stuff, and and I really do appreciate it. And um, and uh, uh, besides real progressives, is there anything else you want to uh, to to plug? Um, no, not really. God, that's what I'm gonna plug. Um, real progressives. You can, catch on, you can catch it on Facebook. Um, at Real Progressives, um, look look at realprogressives.org. Um, and if you add a slash behind it and um, go into the podcast, then you'll see macaroni and cheese. Macaroni cheese. Um, we also have on our website, right in the menu, um, it's right next to the home button that says Modern Monetary Theory. If you click on that, you can learn a lot more about what we've been talking about. And it has 
articles, we have videos, and we have podcasts all in there in order to help teach you about the truth about macroeconomics. So, and um, I just thank you for um, giving us this platform, my friend. Oh, no problem. I, you know, honestly, I want Steve to come back on, and, and I feel like we need to, that there needs to be a part two to this. I, I appreciate you jumping on, but. I have I have way more to go and and, and I just I just this is a part two parter, so uh, Rafi hey what's up buddy thanks for coming in mighty mighty thanks you so much for those bits Jab I'm gonna let you go man thank you uh, thank you again I, I sincerely do appreciate you coming on and uh, and schooling us about some about some things and some stuff and I have much more to think about now and um, yeah thank you so much. Hey my pleasure. Thank you so much, Steve and Jab. I really do appreciate y'all coming on, making that work. Again, Steve Grumbine has a podcast, Macro and Cheese, Macro and Cheese, and he also is the founder and CEO of RealProgressives.org. He is, uh, and and Jab is a part of that. Uh, organization as well so please do go click around in the show notes give these guys some love and go learn something go learn some stuff these guys are smart 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 people and uh, I, I believe that they're probably smarter than i <laughs> probably i don't know anyways uh thanks again guys you guys were amazing Go follow us on Facebook. Go like, subscribe, review. Follow us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, SoundCloud. Uh, fuck, dude, just all of them. In Discord, all the, all the, all the things. I got them all in the show notes. So click around. You can, uh, um, you can subscribe to us on Apple iTunes, uh, YouTube, Twitch. You can leave a review on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcast. Please do leave a review. It helps us to be found. And, uh, you know, that's that's tight. That's tight. I also stream on Twitch, and I would love for you guys to come and join in the fun. Again, there's content on there that you're not going to find on this feed. So go and enjoy that free and amazing content. Of course, you can subscribe to us on Twitch, and uh, but that'll cost you a little money. But it's not necessary at all. We just want you over there hanging out. And plus, Twitch is an amazing platform, especially for these times where we're kind of in isolation. It's been so cool to just be able to communicate with people across the the, the world. Like I have friends in in I have friends in India. I have friends in the UK now. I have friends, and I'm not just talking like just like that that surface level. Like we're getting to know each other on like a very intimate way. It's <laughs> really interesting and strange but I, I fucking love the platform i love twitch so please do go and hang out with our international community you'll be surprised on how interested that the international community is um they're very interested in american politics american culture it's very interesting i i i've, I've been loving it so of course twitch.tv slash we speak english good also uh you can uh, go and write our show at <laughs> you can go and write our show like what the fuck am I even trying to say here you can write the show at we speak English good at gmail.com let us know how you're feeling and uh, and we'll uh, read those on air unless you specify not to uh, let me see what else have we got 
I think that's everything. Uh, it's been kind of a crazy week and weekend. We've been just going. I've been awake. I've been awake since 4 a.m. already. And the time change. The fucking time change. I fucking hate the time changes. <sighs> so that that's that's what we're contending with. But great things coming. Reina Mystique has a new reggae song that AK uh, is producing who I love so much so be on the lookout when that drops they'll be dropping very soon and oh my lord more music to come lots of music I'm getting my music bug back oh my god how could I forget this so Green Acre Sessions is, is a band that I play with here in Toledo well we used to we no longer exist because well there's a pandemic and I mean, everybody's just going through their own things. This is, you know, this is not easy time for for a lot of us musicians and and people in general. So we we kind of took a we, we just sort of dissolved it. But but um, out of the ashes rises the phoenix. And what I'm planning on doing is having um, the boys, a couple of the boys, back because it's a small space. We're gonna be streaming live music again. Oh my god, I'm so excited for this, guys. You have no idea how excited. I, I don't even know why. Like a month ago, if you would have told me about playing music with people and stuff, like, but like, I'm very motivated for this. And I've been making music. I've been making. I just did this EDM track for someone in Spain. I'm working on a reggae song for someone. And so, uh, I don't know. Um, I'm just getting back into being a musician again after a long quarantine summer of, of of fucking editing video and doing a lot of crazy work um i'm finally getting back into being a musician with the stream and it's all coming together so i'm very happy to announce uh, november 19th at 6 p.m eastern standard time we're gonna be getting together uh with me Jason Black and Zach Hunter Huntner, who have both been on the show. We do the uh they they come on the show for the 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 nerdy um like season finale breakdowns. Like we did uh Game of Thrones season finale. We did uh what was the other one? Shit. Oh, oh, uh um uh The Watchmen season finale. And now we're gonna be doing the boys season finale two on Monday on the stream. So Zach and 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 uh Jason will be back um virtually and uh which I'm excited for but they're gonna also be playing music with me which I'm just excited to play music with my friends again. So be on the lookout. That's gonna be a Thursday stream on twitch.tv slash we speak English good. Okay guys I have to get back to Twitch and, and mod for Reina because she started an hour early and threw my whole schedule off. So Alright, take care of yourself, take care of your fellow human beings, HJ's for everybody, we'll be back with Wake the Beast on Friday on, on, on this feed, and then on Twitch we'll have D-Rock Bowman of LaFace Records, he's worked with Babyface, he's worked with TLC, he's worked with Outkast, just the a whole gambit of, of amazing musicians, and uh, you know, I just love talking to these guys who, uh, you know, just these bit players in, in the larger scheme of things. That's, that's I mean, that's where I live. I'm a bit player, you know. I'm not a lead singer. I'm not a frontman or front person. I am a bit player in a larger meaning. All right. All right, guys. Again, be good. If you're going to protest, protest.
test peacefully. And oh my god, it's voting day. Oh no, it was voting yesterday. I hope you guys voted. Vote, even if it's for the asshole Trump guy. Vote. Who gives a fuck? Just vote. Just vote. Just just vote. Because they love it when we don't. They love it when we don't vote. It, that means that, that, that they're winning. Those assholes are winning. And the least we exercise our rights, the more chances they get to take them away. So go fucking exercise that shit. All right, guys. I love you. Be well. Be well.